This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. It's time to turn our attention now to China. And of course, uh, this morning, lots of news about multiple cities in China adopting fresh COVID-19 curbs, business halts, lockdowns, all to rein in new infections. Shanghai bracing for another round of mass testing after the subvariant, the BA5 subvariant. Macau, meanwhile, uh, shutting all its casinos to curb COVID-19. Of course, gaming shares highly affected over there. Uh, we're going to get some analysis on this with Tan Don Wei, China Bureau Chief for the Straits Times. Good morning, Don. So I was talking about these new cases emerging out of China. What's interesting is this is on the back of how, you know, last week it was announced that there was going to be a mandatory vaccination plan. And then just a day later, Beijing walked back on that vaccination plan. Don, could you tell us a little bit about the latest developments here and why they've decided on this? Hi, good morning. So Beijing health authorities announced last week that it was imposing a new rule for entry into public venues, and that is you would have to show proof of your vaccination status. It's a first such policy in China, but they also said that it would be for venues like museums, gyms and entertainment spots. They didn't mention, say, office buildings or malls or supermarkets, which seemed a little odd. Up until now, public venues have only required proof of a negative COVID test done within 72 hours. And then just a day later, it walked back on this vaccination policy, apparently after Beijing residents reacted strongly to it. Even though most people in Beijing have been vaccinated, there is still a not insignificant number of people who haven't, such as older people. And some also felt that the government was doing this as a way to force people to vaccinate, even though it has always said vaccination was not compulsory but voluntary. This, such as foreigners who have taken foreign vaccines outside of the country, have not been able to integrate their vaccine info into the government health app. So that's another problem with this new policy. I think the government could have been trying to use this to push people to get vaccinated and hadn't anticipated the pushback that it got. It is a rare reversal of policy and I think it goes to show that it is, despite being authoritarian, still sensitive to public opinion, which has soured over the country's zero COVID policy in the past months. We're going to expect more criticism in the coming days for sure. Don, here's a piece that you wrote, and it's basically about a flash survey released by the Singapore Chamber of Commerce in China that says a quarter of 105 respondents say they will move their families out of China or leave the country completely. Now, a third of the respondents are undecided. What are some of the highlights from this survey and really in the bigger picture, what does this mean for China? Singcham surveyed a mix of business owners and employees in a range of industries, and nearly all businesses say that they have been affected by China's COVID policy. 55% say they have been severely impacted and are operating at less than 50% of their normal capacity. Another 13% has completely ceased operations. Shanghai especially, which had a two-month lockdown, had the most number of businesses closing shop. Revenue and profits of businesses were also badly affected during the first five months of this year. 
53% had a greater than 20% drop in revenue and 62% had a greater than 20% drop in profits. All of this has made companies try and adapt. So about a quarter has scaled down their China operations. 40% say that they have diversified demand and 28% say they have diversified supplier sources and markets. They are also most worried about how China's quarantine policy and travel restrictions will affect their business and also worried about China's economic slowdown. 40% also worry about supply chain issues. Yet more than half are bullish about China's business climate over the next three years. Although about the same number of those polled also believe China's zero COVID policy will persist well into next year. Another interesting finding was the high level of dissatisfaction they had over China's COVID management. Overall, 32% say that they were very dissatisfied. And if you break it down by regions, those in eastern China, where Shanghai is, 48% of those in that region are highly dissatisfied. I think what we can infer from this survey is that Singaporeans and Singapore businesses may be frustrated by China's COVID management and policy, and their operations and profits have taken a hit because of it. But there is still confidence that China as a market will continue to grow, and perhaps that is why a little over half of the respondents say that they will continue to be based in China. And if you want to read that article, if you're a subscriber on straightstimes.com, you'll be able to check it out. It was released over the weekend by Faith Pang and Tan Donway titled COVID-19 Lockdown Anguish Push Experts to Rethink Living in China. This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Okay, Don, uh, final issue I want to talk about. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken over the weekend said that he had discussed Russian aggression in Ukraine during more than five hours of talks with Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi. He raised concerns over Beijing's alignment with Moscow as well. Could you expand a little on what else was discussed and, of course, the potential for an improved China-U.S. relationship? The two of them spoke about Ukraine, about Taiwan, Hong Kong, human rights, um, North Korea, but mostly about their bilateral relations. They both say that they want to improve ties. And Wang Yi, the foreign minister, told Mr. Blinken that the U.S. needs to stop treating China as a threat because that would really jeopardize the relationship. Mr. Wang also gave Mr. Blinken four lists that it wants the U.S. to act on to improve the relationship. And these include U.S. legislation that China wants thrown out and also updated lists of what the Chinese call U.S. wrongdoings that must stop and key individual cases that the U.S. must resolve. The lists were not made public, but in the lists given to the U.S. last year, they had included lifting of sanctions on Chinese officials and non-discriminatory treatment of the Chinese in the U.S., but whether these lists will amount to any positive action is questionable, given that the Biden administration may not be able to stop Congress from passing these legislation that China has issues with. And sentiments towards China are generally very sour in the U.S. now, which puts political pressure on Mr. Biden to continue to be tough towards China. All right. Thanks very much. been speaking with Tan Donway, China Bureau Chief for The Straits Times.
The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.